welcome back to another episode of Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin and today we're going to be talking about the role of functional foods, how it plays a part in the aging process as well as its specific effects on skin. Yes, in this health-conscious era of self-care, there has been more and more research into the functional foods and superfoods that traditionally have been associated with good health and skin, but are now backed up by data. For those of you who are unfamiliar, superfoods are mostly plant-based foods, with the exception of fish, that are thought to be nutritionally dense and good for one's health. Well, we all know that these superfoods are good for health and well-being, but can they act as anti-aging foods as well? Before we go into that, we have to first understand what is really happening when our body ages. Inflammaging is a well-established cellular process that is influenced by environmental factors. These environmental factors can be summarized as um, what we term the skin exposome concept. This encompasses a variety of environmental and lifestyle factors, which include um, you know, stress levels, disruptions to the circadian rhythm of the body uh, in terms of the sleep-wake cycle, uh, environmental pollution. We know that exposure to harmful pollutants, for example, can change the microbiome signature of the skin. And um, the role of one's diet in the inflammaging process is also one that we consider a key factor in the skin exposome concept. So um, it specifically relates to the process uh, known as inflammaging. Uh, so if you were to look at the studies done on inflammaging in other organ systems, which is where the bulk of research comes from, rather than um, in the field of dermatology, you will realize that um, this accompanies a process known as immunosenescence um, and cellular senescence, so which we really would describe to a lay person as a process of your skin cells and your body organ cells falling asleep. Um, so they become less and less able to prepare perform their functions uh, primarily uh, it's part the role it plays in the uh, immune system in immunoregulation and modulation as well as cell repair so the end result essentially is a chronic inflammatory state which we call inflammaging that's associated with organ aging well, how can our diet or the incorporation of anti-aging foods help with this process of aging? The basis of nutraceutical intervention in the skin aging uh, strategy, the anti-skin aging strategy, is that uh, you have to first understand the skin is really a composite of the entire body's organ systems and that the health of your body, your internal organs, will definitely translate into the health of your skin. Now, to what extent this should replace aesthetic dermatology treatments, I feel that um, the general advocacy for aging strategies um, has been leaning towards, uh, you know, what we has been collectively described as positive aging. Uh, this is a much more holistic approach rather than a single-minded um, sort of targeted treatment with just uh, in-office treatments that modifies or reverses the, the science, the physical science of skin aging with aesthetic interventions, um, which 
in many cases have a temporal effect, such as the use of Botox and toxins.、Um, so. This sort of approach、uh, is a lot more sustainable、uh, in the long run. So, what we understand about current inflammaging cell, animal, and、um, clinical models is that specific molecular pathways, such as the、uh, telomere telomerase, sirtuins, mTOR,、uh, IGF,、uh, growth factors, these all play a role in the process of free radical scavenging by by cells. So.、Um, This also is reflected in the skin cells' ability to repair damaged DNA. So right now we have a lot more understanding about functional superfoods. Essentially, these superfoods are high in nutrients, low in calories. Caloric restriction has been proven to form a key role in preventing inflammation. Plant polyphenols, carotenoids. These are also what we call cytoprotective,、uh, which means they protect the cell against biological aging and, in the case of skin cells, photo damage. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of promising research in functional foods for our overall health and skin. In that case, what do you think of hair, skin, and nail supplements that are currently available on the market? How useful do you think these are on top of regular skincare regimes and treatments? For example, collagen supplements. This is a popular skincare ingredient and supplement that people take. We and we know that the natural collagen in our skin makes it appear more plump and youthful. Well, in that case, theoretically, it would make sense to ingest these collagen supplements for better skin benefits. What are your thoughts on this? Now, in terms of existing skincare and. Um, hair care supplements available. I think it's best to state that uh there are very limited uh studies, peer reviewed studies that actually you know supports the use of these supplements for either the treatment or prevention of skin aging. So let alone as a form of intervention for skin disease. So, for example, for collagen supplements, a lot of these studies are very small,、uh, with less than a hundred participants in total. And、uh, additionally, the they are very restricted, say to the um you know to certain ethnic groups. So it doesn't account for the fact that genetic tendency of Asian women is that they do, um, display uh you know less. Physical signs of aging,、uh, in terms of photo aging, compared to their Caucasian counterparts, because of the presence of melanin, which is photoprotective. So,、um, for these studies on collagen supplements, for example, it can be confounded.、Uh, the results can be confounded by the fact that they are mostly done.、Uh, these studies are mostly done in Asian women. Um, there have been a few studies I would like to point out, which do show a positive benefit in terms of skin hydration levels,、uh, reduction in skin wrinkles.、Uh, you know, and in this case, it was compared to a group that took the supplements、uh, compared to one、uh, the group in the placebo arm. So it's definitely worthwhile for further research to continue. But as of now.、Um, It's quite difficult for a dermatologist to endorse these as, you know, a true value-added treatment on top of your, uh, you know, current recommended treatments, which are evidence-based. So the science behind this is that essentially we are supposed to obtain all the nutrients we need from our diet. So if you live in a developed nation, it's highly unlikely that you will be. 
uh, malnourished. How collagen supplements um, will work uh, is basically on, on this premise. So they are um, essentially peptides that are further digested when it's ingested. These peptides work on a cell level to stimulate collagen production by your skin cells. However, this is the theoretical part of it. We don't think that it is possible, uh, for example, to direct whatever you ingest um, to uh, you know, localize it to a certain part of your body. So in this case, the idea uh, that when you ingest these collagen supplements, it will localize to your skin and the dermis, resulting in more fullness and plumpness is ideal, but we are really not sure. Yes, if you look at the history behind this, for centuries, Chinese women have viewed collagen as a fountain of youth, from consuming fish collagen to pig's feet to shark fins, all in the hope of smoothing wrinkled skin and keeping joints healthy. Well, it's no different as in the US and the West, as in 2020, consumers in the US were expected to spend $293 million on collagen supplements alone. In spite of the limited research that we see, um, and lack of quality control in the studies that have been done on collagen supplements, people have not been deterred. The global market for collagen is projected to reach $6.5 billion by 2025. Well, can collagen supplements really replace a good skincare regimen? Traditionally, what has been borne out by scientific research is topicals uh, that you apply which really have a good effect uh, on uh, collagen production in your skin. So, um, for treating pigmentation, for example, um, we have additional options now, such as non-prescription uh, cosmeceuticals, botanicals, um, and other dermal cosmetics. So these are um, acting directly on the surface of the skin um, when it's absorbed through the skin barrier, penetrating the stratum corneum. Um, so... In that case, we know for sure uh, that when you apply that with the cream, it is going to act on that specific area. Now, whether you know what you're ingesting in terms of that particular supplement will lead to specific cell effects, then uh, we are not entirely sure, and it definitely should just be an adjunct to uh, what you're applying, um, but rather than replacing it. So in the case of, say, patients who suffer from eczema who think that just by popping a collagen supplement, they don't have to apply their moisturizers or seek treatment, uh, that, that is, in fact, a very dangerous idea. Well, on the flip side, since research on their efficacy is still in its infancy, can ingesting beauty supplements actually be harmful? I don't think there is a danger in most of these supplements. Um, if it's something that you are interested in and you are okay with spending money on it, um, and if you feel that you have positive benefits from it, then why not? So uh, in the dermatology community, I do think it is worthwhile for us to remain open-minded um, to do a little bit more research so that with more data, it's possible uh, for us to make a fair assessment on uh, this topic. Um, if you have dry, sensitive skin, um, eczema, then it's a different story. So if you're thinking you're going to take this collagen powder to make your skin better and 
um, you know, avoid medical treatment, uh, to and, and skip uh, application of your, um, you know, ceramide dominant moisturizers, then I think it is uh potentially harmful and it's certainly not evidence based. So at this moment, you know, dermatologists will not be recommending beauty supplements, um, you know, especially if they're being marketed as oral sort of ingestible moisturizers uh, that replaces topical moisturizers. So uh, that is something that may may actually cross over to the, um, you know, the, the part about it actually becoming a harmful practice when people actually um, think that it's a substitute for proper medical treatment of a skin disease. Well, there are a few superfoods and natural ingredients such as fish oil, soy-based products, apple cider vinegar, to name a few, which have been touted as beneficial in the hopes of achieving glowing skin. What is your opinion on these? Is it just a myth that, for example, taking fish oil will bring you one step closer to clearer skin? In terms of superfoods, I feel that um, we must first define it accordingly, uh, you know, to correct um, concepts in nutritional science. So over the last decade or so, um, you know, colorful fruits and vegetables have been identified as superfoods. Uh, in particular, from the Brassica oleracea family, um, which uh, encompasses vegetables such as cauliflower, broccoli, kale. These have been identified to uh, contain potent antioxidants that can reduce free radical damage. And in fact, uh, broccoli is one of uh, the vegetables um, that has been shown to directly uh, inhibit the growth of cancer cells. So um, on this level, you know, it is very helpful for individuals who are keen to adopt a um, you know, nutraceutical-based intervention, um, you know, which helps them on a systemic, on an overall health level, and knowing that it will translate into skin benefits as well because of the enhanced ability to combat oxidative stress. So the basic principle here is that, you know, plant pigments in these uh, uh, colorful foods, right? So these um, in actually contain important micronutrients uh, that are, you know, antioxidant in nature and uh, can help fight oxidative stress and retard the inflammation process. Um, you know, for an example, for as an example, blue or purple foods they contain anthocyanins. Red and orange vegetables they contain carotenoids. So. Um, in cell studies, these extracts have been proven to exert positive effects on skin cells. Now, what you mentioned about fatty fish, uh, it is relevant because fatty fish are a rich source of omega-3 fatty acids. And, you know, principally, these are essential for the functioning of the brain. Uh, but secondly, it can also encourage a healthy skin barrier because our stratum corneum, the outermost layer of skin, is actually held together by ceramide molecules which are derived from fatty lipids. Therefore, it's very, very important that if you wish to have healthy skin, that you actually maintain your overall health first with a diet that's filled with antioxidants, uh, mainly, uh, you know, in this case, we discover it's actually from plants. 
Additionally, it's important to maintain,、um, you know, good nutritional status, which comes from,、um, you know, a variety of foods and sufficient protein, which can also be derived from plant sources as well. It does take a bit of planning, but、um, myself, I have transitioned to a mostly plant-based diet with some、uh, fatty fish consumption、uh, since early last year. Tofu, for example,、um, you know, it has estrogen-like benefits. Uh, besides being a rich source of protein and iron, it's also what we call a phytoestrogen. So,、um, there have been certain studies,、um, you know, published in nutritional science journals that have shown that、uh, individuals who consume tofu can actually、uh, see positive benefits in terms of their skin elasticity and reduction of skin wrinkles. Now. For individuals who suffer from eczema, I feel that it's important to understand that first of all, this is not a cosmetic issue, but it is a true medical condition. It's a disease that needs to be treated. However, maintaining a healthy nutritional status,、um, you know, when you have eczema, is critical. Uh, in a chronic、uh, case of eczema, the body actually loses a lot of protein because of the scaling. It's、uh, the body is in what we call a catabolic state, so it's important to take that into consideration when you are planning nutrition for an individual who suffers from eczema.、Um, and we also know that consumption of fatty fish that's rich in omega three or plant sources from、uh, plant seed oils. Evening primrose oil has actually had some studies that、um, link it to improved barrier function.、Um, apple cider vinegar,、um, you know, which you mentioned earlier, is actually regarded as a prebiotic. So, on the topic of prebiotics,、um, it's a a concept which、um, you know is linked to the、uh, gut skin. Connection, so it is beneficial to your gut. It、um, is a precursor of、um, you know the active probiotics. But in terms of how it directly affects your skin, I feel that、uh, there really needs to be more research. However, we do have early data on the gut skin microbiome,、uh, which is essentially how the health of the gut relates to the health of your skin. Well, I'm curious to know. In your practice, apart from prescribing medications and topicals, do you normally offer dietary recommendations to your patients as a part of the strategy to obtaining better skin? What are some tips that you usually give to your patients? Um. Yes, I do offer dietary advice to my patients if they are acne prone. I advise them to completely cut out dairy products,、um, because there has been shown in quite a few studies to have an adverse impact on the acne treatment、uh, progress. Now, the other thing, of course, is if they tend to have you know oily, seborrheic type skin, then reducing fatty food intake like fried foods or、uh, trans fat in their diet will certainly help for overall skin health.、Um, there are a Few dietary principles that we can follow. First of all, ensure that you have sufficient intake of fruits and vegetables. There are various guidelines from either the US FDA or in Singapore. We have、um, our local regulatory boards that recommend how your plate should look like. So、um, they say a quarter of your plate of your plate should actually be your fruits and vegetables serving of the day.、Um, but you know, I go a step further. 
when designing a uh, plant-based uh, diet, um, which in which includes uh, you know other sources of uh, protein and micronutrients, uh, such as from the fungi kingdom. I'm a huge fan of mushrooms, and we know that ergothioneine, which is a potent anti-inflammatory uh, active in uh, nutrient, uh, is found in high concentrations in mushrooms and is also a source of vitamin D for mushrooms uh, that have been exposed to sunlight. So, you know, I feel that if you're able to get your protein from plant-based sources like tofu, uh, when you're planning your plate, for example, you will be able to get additional antioxidant benefits that are present in plants rather than just protein alone. Um, and of course, there are a lot of ethical issues involved in uh, animal-based products. And with COVID-19, um, you know, still rife all over the world, I think it's a good time for us to consider um, how we can, um, you know, engage the environment in a more sustainable uh, way. And it, that also includes humane treatment of animals. Um, so... You know, for example, when you ingest tofu, um, it will not just help your overall health, um, your cellular metabolism, but we know in this case there is an impact on your skin cells. Um, and finally, let's just try to appreciate that our skin is an organ just like our heart and our lungs. Um, so how healthy you are will translate into the health of your organs and eventually it will show up in your skin. We did touch briefly on this topic before, but what are some specific foods that we should include in our diet? Another tip I have is to take a variety of colored fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, we associate the color red with tomatoes, strawberries, uh, these are commonly found on supermarket shelves. Capsicum, um, you know, with the bright red external flesh. Uh, the reason why we're talking about the colors of uh, these vegetables is because it's an indicator of the presence of the micronutrients. So anthocyanin, uh, for example, um, you know, red, yellow, green colored fruits, these are, um, you know, high in ingredients, uh, micronutrients known as carotenoids and flavonoids. For uh, purple uh, colored fruits, uh, we can think of grapes, for example, we know it's the source of a potent antioxidant resveratrol. Blue fruits, blueberry, these are very rich in anthocyanins. Beetroot itself is a functional superfood that's rich in a compound known as betalane. Betalane itself um, is interesting because it's been shown to increase the ability of the body to oxygenate blood and, and hence is highly recommended uh, for professional athletes and um, overall is also an excellent antioxidant that combats inflammation. Um, so we've spoken about anthocyanins, uh, carotenoids, and um, you know it's important to understand that these have all been demonstrated in various cell studies to have a very positive effect on aging skin cells. Well, on the topic of well-known superfoods, you mentioned the Brassica oleracea family of vegetables that are very beneficial in our diet. What is it specifically about this group of vegetables that have such important cellular effects? 
Um, Brasica oleracea, uh, we mentioned it briefly uh, before in this uh, episode. Um, so what's important uh, in this group of plants and why it's rightfully gained its reputation um, as one of the top superfoods uh, that you, you must include in your diet is because it's very well studied in the field of oncology to have cancer-fighting properties. These active ingredients are primarily the glucosinolates, the sulforaphanes. Um, and besides being able to fight cancerous cells, they are also antimicrobial. Um, so, you know, you may wonder why do we even care that our ingested foods have antimicrobial properties? The key here is the link um, with the gut microbiome and various diseases of inflammation including inflammation, which is the key process that we feel accounts for the aging process of every single organ of your body. So we briefly touched about uh, mushrooms uh, um, in, in the earlier part of this podcast, and uh, I want to explain now how these plant polysaccharides from the fungi kingdom can actually regulate the bacterial flora in your gut when it's ingested. So these are actually a form of prebiotics. So so uh, for Brassica oleracea, uh, we also have found that it's able to stabilize the gut microbiome as well. Uh, increasingly, I believe we will find uh, it more and more obvious in studies we do in the future, the link between the gut and the skin in terms of the microbiome, um, you know, uh, microbiome activity and science. So uh, just a point to note, um, such a um, you know approach with nutraceutical interventions with superfoods has also been uh, shown to improve uh, certain chronic disease states such as in diabetic patients it improves um, you know insulin sensitivity which um, you know enables better control of uh, the the blood sugars and reduces the chances of getting uh, end organ damage as a result of diabetes itself. Well, up until now, we focus on a lot of fruits and vegetables, but what about when it comes to meat? I do know that beef, lamb, pork, these are all, these are all high in saturated fats. You mentioned the benefits of fatty fish briefly above. Can you tell us more about the benefits of that? I want to emphasize it's actually really important to have good fats in your diet. Um, I mean, bad fats are saturated fats, which come from meat. Uh, I personally have stopped taking animal uh, foods, animal-based products, as well as dairy. Um, you know, first because of the inherent ethical comp uh, implications of animal farming. Um, but additionally, is because the science, um, you know, when you really examine it, and that's what I've done, um, you know, it currently tells us that plant-based diets and plant-based sources of protein can be a lot healthier as well as containing antioxidants, which are good for maintaining your cellular health, um, you know, from your organs all the way to your skin cells. Now, the fats that I would recommend to include in your diet would be the polyunsaturated fats. These are found in fish oils, tree nuts, and plant seeds. Besides having the four properties of functional foods, um, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, chemopreventive, and finally, photoprotective properties. Well, that's it for today's episode. 
We've covered the science behind inflammation and the role of functional foods and superfoods in this aging process. We've also talked about the evidence, or lack thereof, behind beauty supplements for our skin, and shared about specific superfoods you can incorporate into your diet, and the science behind how they can benefit the skin and overall health. You can follow Dr. Teo on Instagram at Dr. Teo Wan Lin for more podcast updates, and remember to check out our website at www.scienceofbeauty.net for the full podcast transcript. Thank you.